as many of you know, today is opening night for the National Football League, and we have the Chiefs against the Texans at Arrowhead. Before we get into that, uh, Kyle's off today. It's just Tiago and I, so we're going to be chopping it up here. And we're doing something new today, guys. We are going to be kind of commenting and just talking, bantering, and bullshitting about Thursday night football. So that being said, what are we looking forward to here, Tiago? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I expect the Chiefs to win. They come out of the Super Bowl victory, and they, mu- they must be motivated above everyone. But to be fair and honest, I wanted the, the Texans to win tonight. I think they, they want to make a statement after last season. And uh, during the regular season last year, they were actually pretty good against the Chiefs. So I don't know. I'd like to see the Super Bowl winners start 0-1 and see – uh, they coming back for another playoff run, but for now, I'm, I'll be shooting for the Texans for sure. Well, we also can't forget the playoff matchup between the Texans mm-hmm. and the Chiefs last year, where the Texans go up twenty-four nothing in the first half, and um, yeah. they kind of put on the brakes and and they don't go for a touchdown attempt, and they elect to instead kick a field goal, and we all know what happened next. Patty Mahomes and the boys showed up and they started out and it was just a whooping in the second half. But Deshaun Watson also just got paid big, big money. So let's talk about the Texans. Bill O'Brien is still the head coach and he's also the de facto general manager. We have to talk about that trade of DeAndre Hopkins oh, yeah. to Arizona. What do we think? Uh, is bad Bill O'Brien a little bit crazy or does he mm. maybe know what he's kind of doing? Thoughts. He is, he is, and he knows he is because the first thing he said as soon as the trade came out was, "Please don't judge the trade before the end of the season." And I'm like, "Okay, you know you're gonna get hate because that's a terrible trade." I mean, honestly, like, uh, Johnson is not uh, a bad running back, and it's not like it's not like he doesn't add any value to the Texans. But I mean. It's not DeAndre Hopkins. We're talking about, about like a top three, top five receiver on the league every year. Consistent guy. Uh, Deshaun Watson kind of needed that weapon. And then they get mm-hmm. Cobb. They get Cobb to try to fill up his shoes, which is not going to happen, obviously. And Brandon, Brandon Cooks as well. Yeah. Uh, nah, I don't, I don't have that much uh, faith in those two receivers as much as I've had in Hopkins. But, hey, I don't know. I don't know. It might, might work out. Uh, we might see like um, that running back reviving his career because he's clearly out of his prime. He hasn't had a great season last year, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's the thing with Johnson is he's pretty injury prone and he's mm-hmm. had trouble staying on the field his last few seasons there in Arizona. But I think that the Texans are going to have some problems at wide receiver because you have two guys. Cobb actually did play pretty solid football last year for the Cowboys and kind of a limited role in a slot position where he wasn't the main target. Obviously you have Gallup and you had Amari Cooper out there, but I think the Texans are just going to lack size at wide receiver. Cause now, I mean, Will Fuller has always been kind of a deep threat for the Texans, but he can't stay on the field either. He's the guy that damn near every week or every other week, he's on the injury list with the, you know, a pulled hammy or a quad injury. So I think the Texans are just going to struggle with depth and they're going to, Probably be on the free agent wire all season long, monitoring the wide receiver scene. I believe that, but also like the thing with Fuller actually is that when you don't have the Andrew Hopkins being double teamed, 
Thieler is not going to be as much productive. You know, one thing is to have Hopkins bringing two defenders on him or like dragging a corner and a safety. And then that gives more room for Fuller, you know, to to show off his speed and, and be open. But now that Hopkins is gone, I don't think any of the receivers right now is going to be needed to take into double cover, into double double team on him, on them. So, you know, that might be, that might hurt uh, Fuller and all the other receivers, even the Sean Watson, you know, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, from a quarterback that since his rookie year, he's used to play with a receiver like Hopkins that just gets open like, naturally you you give him three four seconds the guy the guy's open and he's going to grab that ball to play with a receiving core that doesn't have that kind of superstar potential it's it's tough but let's see how the sean watson maybe he'll rush the ball more i would like to see that too people have been saying that he might he might have like um not a lamar jackson type of season but you know rush the ball more since he doesn't have that much mu- that many options he might run the the um play play um the option plays and just you know use the ball to run more instead of just throwing it right so we're getting here kind of at the start of the the coin flip we should see some action soon we might actually see something here from the players just in terms of kind of the protests and what's going on we see everybody at midfield right now but briefly the last thing i'll say about the texans is that they need to protect deshaun watson he's been sacked far too much in his first years in the league and I've even seen stuff from him where I don't know if it's rumors or it's verified sources, but he's here they are linking arms. So, yeah, we are seeing something here pretty cool before the game. But I've seen people talk about he's had the idea of possibly cutting his career short and retiring early just because mm-hmm. of the amount of hits that he's taken. And I know he's a guy that's had a few concussions as well. But, um, yeah, let's take a little moment of silence here with them. Why not? Okay, about to get some football. Let's briefly talk about the Chiefs. So what do we have with the Chiefs, man? The Chiefs Chiefs stay rich. They bring Mahomes back. Not that he was going anywhere, but they sign him off his rookie deal to a massive contract. A lot of it's incentives, so it's not guaranteed that he'll get the whole $500 million. Sammy Watkins restructures. He stays. All the wideouts are there. They get Hilaire in the draft. What are we looking for this year? Is it Super Bowl again or bust? Uh. It's literally like you said, it's Super Bowl or bust. With the team they have this year, uh, which is an improvement from last year for how amazing, as you can see, like a Super Bowl winner actually maybe improving the team the next year. That's crazy. Uh, with the running back position especially. I mean, they got all the pieces they need to to go all the way to the Super Bowl. Their defense is solid. Uh, I'm a big Honey Badger fan. Um, their offense is as deadly as it can be with Tyreek Hill over there. If Tyreek Hill stays healthy and Mahomes doesn't miss any games this year, that's gonna be it's gonna be a wrap, I feel. And um, I'm curious about Edward Teller. I mean, I have it on my fantasy too, so I'm kind of excited to see him play, see him go. It's a big bet, but people saying like him coming off the of college, he lo- is looking NFL ready, you know. And I hope that. Um, and I feel like every Chiefs fans hope for that. Maybe the running game was the thing they were lacking the most, and even that was not that bad last year. So right. if they have, like, imagine if this running back turns out to be, you know, like have a shake one like season on the rookie year. It's looking pretty. I scary. think um, I think Hilaire was a great pick for them. I think he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's kind of a scat a little bit. He's like versatile, you know. He has. Mm-hmm. A lot of different abilities, and I think the Chiefs are kind of an offense where, in in the running back position specifically, they want a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, a guy that can do screens and bubbles, and they also want a guy that can run the ball. So I think that 
he will fill that role nicely. And I think that he could easily, I mean, you're seeing it in the fantasy leagues, right? Where he is getting drafted so highly. And I think that he could put up production to warrant that. But that being said, here we go. Deshaun Watson and the Texans rolling out first and 10 from the 25. Let's see what we got. The first snap from line to scrimmage of your 2020 NFL season. Here we go. Wait, are you already in the snap? Because I'm watching the kickoff. <laughs> oh, we're off then. We're off kilter. We got two different. Uh, I guess I'm a little ahead of you. That's all right. We'll work with what we got today. I think this is on real time right now. It is. Yeah, some streams are just faster. It's all oh, right. Yeah. So the thing with this game is that you cannot, like, even if the Texans take a lead at first, again, the Chiefs just seem to be coming back. It's just like last year's playoff. They came back in two games, three games, actually, if you consider the Super Bowl. And they just, you know, you can never, like, trust the win uh, no matter how many points you are ahead, which is which is crazy. It looks like Mahomes is just ice cold when it comes to the second you can't, half. The, the Chiefs are just a team. You can't you can't put your foot on the brake. You know, no. if 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 it's about to be halftime, you gotta go try and get that seven. You gotta go for it on fourth and one from your own forty. Like you have to take chances because the Chiefs. Oh wow, ah, drop there from Fuller. Uh, the Chiefs are just a team where. Uh, yeah, you think you might have enough points, but you probably don't. So you better keep scoring. Yeah. No, no, definitely that's it. It's the same as the when the, the Atlanta played the Pats in that medical Super Bowl. You know, you just cannot take breaks on if you're playing Brady on that or during that era. It's the same with the, the Chiefs now. You just exactly. cannot take breaks when you're playing. When you have um, players at the position of quarterback that are just that talented, you know, you uh, can't really count on any lead. Is Kenny still still on the, the yeah. Texans roster? Kenny Stills is still there. Because I know that he was in jail because of um, all the controversy. The protesting. Mm-hmm. The protesting. Right, yeah. Kenny Stills absolutely has been adamant about and that's an his drop pursuit of you know social justice and just yeah. believing in what he thinks is right. So I mean, a lot of respect for Kenny Stills. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, he's a great player. I love watching him on the Dolphins. And now, you know, like standing up for... What he believes it's right, that's that's just amazing. Even if and that took him to jail. Yeah, exactly. And I think people sleep on his football career too as well. I'm not here saying Kenny Stills is some all-pro world beater, but I think that he had a few pretty damn good seasons there in New Orleans before he went to the Dolphins. And now at this point in his career, he's a serviceable, you know, third or fourth wide receiver. I think, you know, on a lot yeah. of different teams, he's a guy that, you know, could provide a little bit of value and be solid. From what I remember for him in the Dolphins, I mean, at some point he was our best receiver uh, in the roster. And uh, dude is not as fast as the usual receiver in the NFL today, but he has great ends. And that's what makes him a great player. He's, he's like a, a, an end zone threat. If, you, if you're playing like five yards away from the end zone or something, you can throw the ball at him while covered and he's still going to grab that ball. Uh, mm-hmm. Not Like I said, not the fastest receiver, but still a very reliable one. And, yeah, we had a 30-10 uh, here. Watson's feeling the pressure per usual, dumps off to Johnson in the flat, no cigar. (laughs) See, that's the problem here for the Texans is it's going to be the same way again this year. I know they got Tunsil last year in the trade they made over with the Dolphins, but they just haven't been able to protect Watson. And it's like, you're going to pay a quarterback that much money. And I understand that he's incredible and he deserves that much money. 
but why pay him that much if you can't protect him? What's he? What's his value and what's his worth if you can't keep him upright? And I, I think that. Sorry, go ahead. He, he's like he's elusive as hell. So you like if you picture him with a nice old line, dude is almost impossible to stop. Like if you give him an extra two seconds on the pocket, and dude is still as elusive as it is on his prime, without getting injured, because that's the problem. Like if you keep getting him hurt, dude is not going to be elusive anymore at some point. If you keep him healthy and give him two extra seconds on the pocket, that's deadly. I mean, well, imagine, have... imagine if he was a flat-footed quarterback. You know, they they couldn't, you know, dodge tackles or Ooh. couldn't get out of the way of pressure. He, you know, he'd be setting, you know, season sack records for quarterbacks getting hit in the pocket. He would be a backup QB by now. Well, look <laughs> at the look at the uh, the David Carr effect. You know, Carr getting drafted yeah. number one overall by the Texans, and then what happens there? He gets hit around so much and rattled that you know. His career was over pretty much before it started. So it's going to be the same with Josh Rosen. You know, not a very mobile quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. Still took it in a very high pick and never had a good O-line. I mean, right. now he's with the Buccaneers. He might yeah. learn some things with Tom Brady. I saw that he got a, He was one of the last guys that got cut off the, the Dolphins roster there at the yeah. end. Two big surprises on the cuts on the Dolphins side. That and the Brazilian guy that everybody was hyped up when he came to D-tackle. I, I mean... I was never a big believer, man. Dude is nice, and the storyline is cool that he was a farmer in Brazil and he got a chance in the NFL. But mm-hmm. first of all, I think he got way too cocky for someone who never played a single snap. And I'm talking social media cocky. Dude was always like, you know, flexing on that Dolphins merchandise and flexing on his car and his life in Miami. And I'm like, I mean, I get it. You come from like nowhere and you're suddenly an NFL player, but. You got to be more humble. You know, like you haven't played a single NFL snap. You're probably going to be moved to the O line. You're in the deep, deep rosters. Just be a little bit humble. You know, like if you should, if you should focus more on your work ethic and actually being something for the team instead of just, you know, flashing cars and every day making posts about your life in Miami and driving your whatever water bike whatever man it's just it annoys me when players yeah do, i mean i know. think some players are definitely ready to live the nfl lifestyle before they've actually deserved it you know which i think <laughs> is you see that in every sport where you know guys think they're all that and i think eventually the game kind of humbles them and kind of like you said he got cut so got <laughs> i think cut. he got humbled pretty quickly but uh, he's here are on offense and Seeing the same as we always did, you know, the quick hitters, you know, the sweeps, the end arounds. Hilaire got a touch there. One, something that kind of surprises me now and watching live is I knew he was the tiny guy at LSU, but you look at him running around in front of the trees on the O-line and D-line, man, he's a small dude. He is, but that's a good thing for running backs, right? Some type of running yeah. backs are just more elusive and harder to hit because they're small, and that might make yeah, them faster. You know, sometimes, sometimes like linebackers complain about not – See, not being able to see these tiny running backs picking the hole, you know. So if you play middle linebacker and your, your D-line is in front of you uh, with a guy like Hilaire, you're not going to see him where he's going to cut, where he's going. Mm-hmm. Out of the trenches, you just see this tiny guy running free all of a sudden. And that's that's good for him. And the guy is also pretty strong if you look at his build. Like, he's short, yeah. but he's strong, and no. he can take a hit. No, absolutely. He's uh... – He's got uh, strong tree root legs, man. He's not going to go down easily. He's built for sure from the bottom up. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs driving here past midfield. Your standard first down catch to Kels. Uh, I feel like it's just poetry in motion watching Mahomes do what he does. 
uh, as a fan of the Raiders in the AFC West, it's so hard just to, oh, wow, winding up. I know you're a little bit slow there, but Patty Mahomes just tossed a 40-yard TD to Robinson, the pride of the University of Florida, man. So we got a quick start, 7-0 Chiefs. I was about to say, they're about to score on the opening drive. And, oh, there it is. There is a touchdown, yes. That's, there it is. that's one of the things about the Texans, though, man. Sometimes their defense does. I'm just speaking more so about last year from what I saw from them. Sometimes they will show up to play and they will get physical at the line of scrimmage and really try and, you know, flex their muscle. But there's just weeks where they don't show up at all and they just that's get true. blasted. <laughs> and this is a re- recipe for disaster in terms of the firepower that the Chiefs offense has. You know what's scary is, like, I feel like this year Mahomes is going to play with less pressure because, you know, he already has the ring. He already proved mm-hmm. himself to be a great QB. And when QBs play with less pressure, that's kind of scary. You know, some guys, they just take the extra step when they're not stressed, when they're just calm and, you know, being able to just, like, don't feel the pressure on social media and all that. And I feel like Mahomes is one of those guys, you know. He's already a calm dude under pressure, but... Right now, sure. in this position, it's just, it's just everything is looking good. You know, you have a solid team. You got a hell of a solid contract. Solid is a very uh, generous word for that. And, uh, and you got everything you need, like, right? You even got a nice O-line and a nice running back this year. So what else do you need? You know, you're just living the yeah. life right now. Well, you've heard um, during the summertime, Tyreek Hill kind of came out. And he was half joking, but I also think half serious, talking about we're chasing the six rings, you know, trying to get on that Jordan level, <laughs> which is crazy because there, there's so much turnover in the NFL every year and injuries are such a big factor. And there's so many uncontrollable, you know, variables where repeating year in, year out is difficult. I mean, we've seen with the run that the Patriots had. I mean, there was yeah. extended gaps of time in between years where the Patriots went from winning a Super Bowl to not winning one again That's there for, I don't know, X amount of years after. But what about this Chiefs team? I know the salary cap gets difficult, but if they can keep players in place, what is like the ceiling for this Chiefs team? How many rings could they possibly hit? Um, it's kind of hard because the NFL is not the NBA, and there's way more injuries. There's way uh, shorter careers. And, I mean, it's funny coming from Tyreek Hill, which is a player that's very injury-prone. <laughs> you know, so mm. <laughs> even if the Chiefs go on to have um, – uh, Patriots-like career with Mahomes. I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to last for those six years, man. I mean, I'm being honest with you. Tyreek Hill is hella fast, a great receiver, great hands. Uh, but the fact that he gets so much injury. First of all, I think the Chiefs should never put him again on punts or kick returns because that's where you get more injury. You know, like if you want to yeah. use that, that kind of wide receiver on your team and you want him to be healthy, you don't put him on special teams. That's mm-hmm. a no-go. I know he's short, he's fast, he's very elusive. He can, he can score that 100 yards but no <laughs> he's gonna get hurt you know people hurt people hit hard on special teams especially because if you think at defenses in special teams the guys that play on the other side of the ball it's usually guys that have that lower on the depth chart and they want to prove mm-hmm. they can hit so you know it's right. it's like uh if you ever played football you know that if you go on special teams to prove something you're going to try to hurt somebody that's that's the game right there you know you're going to give it all because it might be your last chance so tyree kill out of the special teams and um, taking in consideration the rest of the team, I feel that tight end, they, Travis Kelsey is going to keep with the team. Uh, and the, the rest of the team looks pretty solid. If Heller, like I said, has a shake one like jersey, uh, um, 
season yeah. this year. Uh, they might like they might go for two, three rings, but I think that's their ceiling if they, if we're talking mm-hmm. Super Bowls in a row. Um, but like you said, no, even well, the let's, past, let's not say just in a row. Let's say Super Bowls as long as Pat Mahomes is a quarterback in Kansas City. What's that ceiling? It can be a Tom Brady like career, you know. You never, you can never tell. You can never tell. You, you've seen, you've seen so many good uh, quarterbacks have like two to three seasons really nice, and then they just drop off because of an injury. And I'll remind you that Patrick Mahomes was injured last year, uh, while Tom Brady never had yeah. many injuries. If you think about his career, that's why he's still playing. But uh, I mean, I wish the best for him. He's a great quarterback. So I hope like they, I don't know, man, like five rings or something throughout his career. That would be a nice ceiling, you know. If the Chiefs keep building nice around him and giving him the pieces, I don't see why not. Just keep him protected. That's that's what 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 happened with Brady, and see how it turned out. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing is just keeping him protected, keeping him upright. And as we actually come back here to the game, that pass was not a touchdown. The booth reviewed it and the call was overturned. So I'm at second and 10 here for the Chiefs on their own side. Why? Of the field. I, didn't check, I didn't check why. Why is why is um, He dropped it. The safety came over the top. Oh, Patty Mahomes going down. The safety came over the top and kind of jarred it out there at the last second. Oh, there he is. There's wow. Wow, JJ Watt's still doing damage there. Yeah, right. Tenth year in the Never league, man. Another guy that you know has a long history of injuries, but when he Never is on the field, man, he's just such a disruptive force. He he commands the double team, and I think one of the really difficult things for the Texans right now is that they don't have a a real great edge rusher on the outside because mm-hmm. Watt's taking up so much in the middle. They need somebody on the outside. I mean, they had Clowney, but we saw what, what happened there with him going to Seattle and now in Tennessee. But I think getting pressure is going to be something to watch with this Texans team throughout the year. Funny to talk about J.J. Watt. I watched this um, top 100 video from, what, four years ago or five? He was number one a few years ago, number mm-hmm. two. Yeah, he was. And he played tight end two that season. Can you yeah. imagine how crazy that is? He caught a touchdown <laughs> He caught a touchdown in Oakland against the Raiders. Yeah, no, oh he did. My he, caught, God. he caught more than one touchdown that year. He I caught think more than one three. touchdown. They used him a lot on the end zone, which is crazy if you think about it. Dude was playing both sides of the ball. So he was catching touchdowns, and the drive, next drive, he was back on defense. That's yeah, <laughs> impressive stuff. He's an athlete, I... man. He's an athlete. I wanted, um, I've been wanting the Steelers to trade for him just because, you know, all the Watts are on the Steelers now. And I, I mean, J.J. Watt is now being uh, considered. So did the fullback brother join up with the Steelers? Yeah, he's with the Steelers oh, okay. too. But you know how they say that T.J. Watt is better than J.J. Watt right now, which is true. I mean, if you think about yeah, it. I think he is. T.J. is uh, healthy and he's, uh, he's a Much great outside younger linebacker. Younger in his career mm-hmm. as well. But if, if, you, if we get to play J.J. Watt, all together with his brother on the same team. Can you imagine how much TJ would grow? I mean, he already grows with JJ, obviously. They're their family. They spend their holidays together and all that. But if they are on the same team, that's a, that's another, you know, type of chemistry. I mean, I and I don't think I don't think the Steelers would have to give that much to trade for JJ. I mean, I know he's a franchise player for the the Texans and all that, but if you give them like a couple of pieces, I bet like the the Texans will fold JJ just because it's injury prone, you know, like and the Steelers yeah. already have a great defense. Another guy at the end like JJ would be, you know, it would be mm-hmm. scary too. Yeah, it depends on what they'd want to do with him. I know Stefan Tuitt's still there playing tackle mm-hmm. for the Steelers, and he's an animal. But Watt, like you said, can also kind of play outside a little bit too. And when you're in a 
different form of base defense. He can kind of rush the passer from the edge. So, yeah, it's interesting with JJ. The biggest thing for him is, as we said, staying healthy and kind of wish him the best in terms of that for this year. Because without him on defense, this I think it's been shown in the past that this Texans team just really, really struggles. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I don't think the Texans would have the name they have right now without JJ. I mean, now with Deshaun Watson, obviously they're in good hands, and then Hopkins before that. But JJ was here before those guys. You know, he oh, was yeah. putting JJ a was the star of the Texans. Yeah. He was, putting Houston, he was putting Houston on I mean, the I mean, this is his 10th year in the league, man. I was just <laughs> kind of looking at some notes for this game. And, you know, I know JJ's been around, but it surprised me. I was like, wow, he's actually been in the league for 10 years. Kind of hit me over the head and surprised me. And uh, I mean, uh, it's it's normal that a guy like that gets a lot of injuries. You know, when you play both sides of the both sides of the ball, and you're the guy, you're the go-to guy on a team. You know, teams will try to stop you. Cut blocks from the O line, uh, rough hits if you're playing offense, because you know if you see the star of the team, the defensive star of the team playing tight end, you're gonna hit him hard, and you gotta hit him where he hurts. You know, you're gonna try to get him hurt when you can. So I feel like yeah. you know when, if the Texans overplay him, which turned out to work pretty fine for them a couple of years. Uh, it it has repercussions. You know? You're yeah, going to end up sure. being banged up. This is not high school anymore where you play both sides of the ball and still go out with your friends on a Friday night. This is at the NFL. If you play both sides of the ball, you're going to spend the whole week sleeping on your bed. I guarantee you that. You're going to be hella tired. You yeah, know, man. That is true. <laughs> he didn't play too much on offense, but like, like you said, though, even even a few different snaps of the game, you know, I think it's he hasn't really different. in the last few years, but just, you know, when you're on the other side of the ball playing too, that's time where you're not on the bench resting and recovering with, you know, the rest of your defensive mates. So props to JJ, that, man. Let's see what 2020 has for him. Texas playing the position that he was, you know, like people kind of forget how much uh, painful it is to play tight end. Man, you mm-hmm. can play like two snaps and be out with an ACL, a torn yeah, ACL. Yeah. I speak for myself. You know, people when when defensive players see guys big like us, tight ends running, they're not aiming to tackle you on your on your uh, on your waist. They're going for the legs, and oh, sure. <laughs> that's why you get injured because those corners will be doing some nasty nasty tackles on your on your knees level, and that's 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 where injuries come from. Trying to and, uh, bust a kneecap for sure if one of those those tall tight end trees. Oh yeah, and Johnson giving me some uh, sweet fantasy points today. There huh? we go. He's there we go. Run. Never complain about that. Oh yeah. All right. So what's the uh, what's the ceiling for Deshaun Watson? Is Deshaun a guy that's going to win an MVP in this league at some point? <laughs> I believe so. It's like I said. I if he had the O line to protect him. An elusive guy like him who can run the ball, can throw the ball. I mean, for me, he can throw the ball better than Lamar Jackson. And oh, yeah. I, I would say that any day. And, I mean, although he's not as fast, he's elusive. And, like like I said, if he has an O-line that can open holes or keep the pocket a few more uh, seconds, for sure MVP caliber. Just look like the uh, Lamar Jackson won it last year, didn't he? So hmm. why not Deshaun? I feel Deshaun overall could be a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I know this is a reach by me saying this, but I just feel it could happen with a better O-line, you know? Him on the Ravens right now would be as deadly as Lamar. Because, like I said, Lamar still needs to improve on throwing that rock. So I feel like a balanced quarterback, it's on on Deshaun Watson. So yeah, definitely. Could definitely be the MVP of the league. David Johnson's looking really, really nice right now. Um, He's breaking some tackles. And I think, as we saw last year, 
the weakness of the Chiefs defense is stopping the run. And you've mm-hmm. seen Johnson now kind of come up through the middle a few different times here. So oh, yeah. that's how teams teams that have O-lines that can run block and have decent running backs, that's how teams are always going to attack the Chiefs. But now you're going to want to see Deshaun take a shot here pretty soon. See if we can get fuller down the seam. Fells are fuller down the seam. I played Johnson this week because we play in Kansas City. Like you said, the running game is their weakness. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to use that. Yeah, I mean, obviously Bill O'Brien, you know, gets ridiculed and mocked for the trade. And I think that there's definitely some fairness that comes along with that because you don't go ahead and trade, you know, arguably one of the top wide receivers in the NFL, you know, and especially for the return they got off of it. But at the same time, you do wonder what if David Johnson is able to stay healthy, you know, and kind of return to that amazing form that he had in Arizona there back when Carson Palmer was a quarterback and he was catching the ball out of the backfield so well and just running it so well. That is that is a weapon for the Texans, but is it worth what they had to trade to get him? That's no, the biggest question. I keep saying it's not worth it. If you really wanted a, a running back, if you felt the need of having a running back, you should have traded way earlier for Kenyon Drake when he was still on the Dolphins because he was on the market. And, you know, if you need him that much, you could have used it last season. And look how he pinned out for, for Arizona. So don't come with that shit. Like, mm-hmm. you, you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a nice running back, yes, injury-prone one, but you could have had way more for way less than trading yeah. your best wide receiver. So, no, absolutely. Yeah, I always agree. be a bad trade. Oh, and there it is. See, this is the thing with the Sean Watson. I know I'm I'm still a bit behind you, but this play right here, dude, is hard to tackle. And a lot of defensive players say that you, you think you have him, you think you have an open lane for him. Is he's just standing, he's not running, and as soon as you get close to him, dude disappears. He's mm-hmm. just you know we're, we're actually timed up now perfectly too. I can see the back of your television. We're linked. Perfect. Yeah, no, for sure. He just swims through the pocket, and he always steps up and makes those big-time throws. He's a guy that's not afraid. He gets hit so much because he's a guy that's not afraid to put his body on the line, you know, to make the big throw down the field. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. And I, just a thought on the Chiefs as well. I know that we, last year, the Chiefs defense actually played, you know, decently well down the stretch on their run to the Super Bowl, but my thought about them and their chances of repeating this season, it all comes down to the defense. It's what the defense is able to do because yeah, we know Mahomes is going to, you know, score you 25 points a game, you know, at least, you know, on most every given Sunday. But, you know, when that, that chief's defense has to go up against other, you know, big time offenses in the AFC and possibly the NFC in the Super Bowl, that's where they're going to get tested. Then let's talk about Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Playmaker, game changer on defense. Uh, he was. Uh, it's funny that he's playing his old team right now. He's used to play for the Texans. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, uh, I think uh, if you if you're talking about uh, the defensive efficiency they're gonna have this year, it depends a lot on Honey Badger. Man, Duke can do it all. He can tackle. He can. Um, he can. He can. He can blitz. And he's a great, great guy to get interceptions. So you know. Like mm-hmm. I said, he's the game changer on that defense, and uh, he also needs to step up. I know, every, you know, he's he's very uh, famous right now. He's on the top of the defensive players, but if you take that extra step, be like a Stephen Gilmore of the league, you know. Um, mm-hmm. 
being that lockdown player that people are afraid to throw on your on your zone and you got to be looking out for him on blitzes and all that then you know the Chiefs, the Chiefs are just getting better and better which yeah, is crazy if you sure. think like if this guy step up it's uh a team that's like 99% perfect can become just 100% perfect overall no flaws and then the the other two real pieces on the defense is Chris Jones the defensive tackle out of Mississippi State, one of the best hands down in the league at his position. And then Frank Clark. Frank Clark really mm-hmm. stepped up at the end position in the playoff run in the Super Bowl. And he played some really good football. You know, obviously there was a trade the season prior between the Niners and the Chiefs where D Ford got sent to the Bay and uh, Clark got sent out there to KC. But I think that. Those are those are the three pieces, Matthew, Jones, and Clark. And you're going to need, you know, high-level play from all of those guys all year long if this defense is going to be, you know, a top 10, a top even, you know, 13, 14 defense in the league. Because in looking at their depth chart and their roster, they definitely have some holes on that defensive side of the ball that those players are going to have to try and make up for. And that's where the pressure is at, if you think about it. Like like I said, Mahomes doesn't have any pressure because he already proved that the offense is always solid. But the pressure on Kansas City is on the defense because they were the ones that were not as consistent last year. So, you know, it, it's on them. Let's see Let's see how they deal with that pressure. And if they bring it, I feel like if they, they give that extra step, it's another ring. I don't see any other team being able to beat the Chiefs on the playoffs uh, this year. And then have you uh, taken a look into the oh, stands here? Oh, see, David Johnson's going to the house, going to the pylon, touchdown, Texans. He's giving there me a today. He's, He's running it up <laughs> just for Tiago's fantasy football team, man. Oh, my God. I had him at my flags. I'm sorry. What were you asking before David Johnson just went off? Uh, we were just talking about the Chiefs' defense and kind of what needs to happen for them to, you know, hold up their end of the bargain for the Chiefs to, you know, make another run into the playoffs, into the Super Bowl. I mean, wow, that was a really nice little cutback. He waited for his blocker. This is kind of what I'm saying, though. Obviously, you know, you can't you can't predict what his season's going to be like based off six carries. But he's looking he's looking quick again. He's looking strong. I I don't know. I, I my only thought is I don't know if the Texans will ever get the return that they should have deserved for the trade with DeAndre Hopkins. But I think if David Johnson stays healthy that um, Texans fans and just, you know, observers in the league are going to be like, wow, you know, this is why David Johnson, you know, was once thought to be so good. Look at number 38, though. Uh, He's way smaller than David Johnson. He just got scared of that tackle. He kind of grabbed him on his waist, but he let him go. He was like, no, I'm getting hurt if I try to grab this guy. Yep. Oh, my God. I mean, we were talking about the Kansas City Chiefs defense, and... um, there you go. The running game is just not there. Okay. You cannot be afraid to tackle running back like that. I know you might get hurt and all that, but, you know, just go for the legs. Just bring him down. Dude just gave up on the tackle. He had him on his waist, and instead of going down and trying to just grab him on his knees uh, while you fall, he just let him go. He, like, completely gave up on that play. And uh, that, that's, that's, that's the, the biggest thing, though. As you said, with the running game, it's like the recipe for beating the Chiefs is running the ball heavily beating them with the run because when you run the ball you control the game clock you know mm-hmm. you keep Patrick Mahomes off the field you know you keep the chains moving you're in situations where you're constantly at short second and 
threes and twos, thirds and ones and twos and threes. So you just control really what it is the Chiefs are trying to accomplish. Because if it are up to them, you know, they'd sling the ball, you know, 45 times a game. And Patrick Mahomes is taking deep shots at least, you know, four, five, six times a quarter is, you know, pretty much the kind of the aerosol offense that they try and run out there in Kansas City. Uh, yes, a hundred percent agree. All right, I well, mean, look at this though, man. It's seven nothing, seven nothing Texans. We're still here in the first quarter, but I know on the betting boards, if the question was posed, who's scoring the first touchdown of the game, you know, better should mm-hmm. definitely bet on the, the KC Chiefs, that's for sure. And if you talk about that running game, the that's the weakness of um Kansas City, and you as a Razors fan, you're gonna play the, the, the Chiefs a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Jacobs, man, feed that bell cow. That it is, Josh Jacobs. Uh, He's looking scary this year. Talking about elusive running back that can take a hit, that's him. He's built for Mm -hmm. that. Built for that position. He's not too tall. He's not too small. He's hella strong. He's hella fast. Um, He can cut. He can cut, and he has vision. Uh, I don't know what's the situation with the Raiders O-line this year. Um, It's solid. Is it? Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Yeah, Um, how about Derek Carr? You know, like if we're talking about it, uh, the running game, that's Derek Carr. Man. Yeah. That's but a, yet that's again, tough. you can play Mariota that can run the ball too. You know, he, he's not a Lamar Jackson, obviously, but Mariota is way more mobile than Derek Carr. And uh, he's shown before that he can get those three extra yards when you need on a third or third down conversion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Mariota's going to start the season on the injured list, but if. I said before in other episodes, if it comes week six, seven, or eight, and Carr is just not getting it done, or, you know, mm-hmm. it's like Jekyll and Hyde, one week he looks really good, and the next week, you know, he's not stepping up in the pocket, he's taking sacks, he's not, you know, hitting his reads. Yeah, you could see Mariota here at some point. I, I really hope that's not the case, because I do think in my heart of hearts that Carr is definitely a better quarterback than Mariota. Um but we shall see. I I think Gruden's not going to be shy and not not going to be scared to put Mariota in if if Carr's just not getting it done. I also hope Carr proves himself. I mean, it's been way too long. You know, it's about time that you step up and prove to be the quarterback that you were meant to be. And if you say they have a nice O line this year and a nice running back, then uh, it's all on him. Yeah, <laughs> it's no. I mean, season. yeah, of course, offensively, you know. The lion's share is definitely on his shoulders. But with the Raiders, each and every year, the question is, who are you going to get defense from? And is it going to be enough to, you know, stop any team with a formidable offense? And I know they've made some changes and they brought in some pieces. And it does seem like it's going to be a little bit better this year. But the biggest thing in the AFC West comes down to, what's the likelihood that you can stop the Kansas City Chiefs on offense? And yeah. At this point in time, I'm not not feeling very confident that they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, we saw what's arguably the best defense on in the NFL on the last Super Bowl. You know, the the Niners are happy, mm-hmm. can be uh, discussed as the best defense on uh, the league right now, and you saw how they went against Patrick Mahomes. So, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, <laughs> I don't know who can stop him. But the Chiefs are doing a nice job. Uh, is I think it's still fourth. Down, wow, right? they stopped him there on that third and two. The Texans' defense is showing up, man. Yes, that defensive line acting tough. Uh, 
No, it was not Edward Siller on the running back position. Who run it? Uh, I know. Is I think his last name is Williams. He didn't really get many touches last year. He was the backup behind Damian Williams and oh, going for Deshaun it. McCoy. Going for going yeah, for I mean, this is the Chiefs. This is what the Chiefs do right here. You know. I got it. Yeah. Fullback play to get what two yards, one yard. Mm-hmm. I like teams that know how to use their fullbacks. Uh, you know, like and now too, the NFL is so much about just possessing the ball, right? Keeping yeah. control of the ball, and that's why I think last year and even the year before, you see these coaches not afraid to go for it. I mean, look where they were. They were on their own side of the field at their, you know, 30-something yard line, and they're going for it on fourth and one. That they, just they shows you, they, they that shows you how much. The yeah, exactly. Keeping the momentum, and it shows you how much they trust their quarterback and their offense. Obviously, they gave it to the fullback there, but wow, look at that beautiful little tight end middle screen. Uh, the fullback position is something like it's kind of dead, but it's coming back. You see, like mm-hmm. the Niners using their. I don't even know how to say his name, but it's a hell of a weird name. Oh they yeah, him a lot. Check? yeah, and he scored a touchdown last year in the Super Bowl. Um, and you know, like that—that's what the fullback does. You know, if you have a fullback that that can get some speed like him and take a hit, obviously he can take a hit. That's mm-hmm. the fullback purpose. You know, it, it, you can bring the position back. I think the position is dying because running backs these days are just you know so complete. In general, like halfbacks right. and something like guys like Shaquan, Ezekiel Elliott. But if you have one a specific fullback to give you to give you those two, three extra yards, and you keep using him a lot, like the Niners do, and involve him on the offense, you know, you kind of revive the position because you know it's kind of a respectful position, uh, especially because most of these guys just work on uh, leave blocking, and that kind of sucks. You know, <laughs> you don't touch the ball, and you gotta block for the other people uh behind you but i don't know man i'd like to see the fullback position coming back you know with some big names well i think what you see with the fullback position is the best offensive play callers in the league they can find ways to use the fullback because as you said oh nice run here uh, I think that's hilarious right there running the ball up the I'm middle. getting a lot of points I'm getting About a lot of 15 there today. <laughs> but my thought is as you said, the position is, or rather kind of was dying in the league. And you see some teams not even have a fullback on the roster. But I think that coaches that are really creative in their play calling, they can find ways to effectively use the fullback and runs, blocking, as well as, you know, leaking out in the passing game. Because defenses kind of forget about the fact that the fullback, you know, is athletic and can make plays. And that's why you see yeah. guys like Hughes Check and... There's a few others in the league that that really make a difference every Sunday. Oh yeah, I mean if you if you if you're a linebacker and you're watching uh, what what's clearly going to be a run and you look at the fullback, you're not you don't expect him to carry the ball. You expect him to be leave blocking, so you're going for him with a different approach. You're trying to look at the halfback, not the fullback. Mm-hmm. So that's why the Niners could cheat some some defenses last year because when 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 Garoppolo is about to to you know give the ball to the the running backs. People expect the the halfback to carry the ball, while the fullback is the one who's going to carry it the opposite side. You know, that's th- those are trick plays that can get you five, four, whatever the yards you need to get the conversion. You know, exactly. exactly. Unless you have two nice halfbacks on the team, then you can make a shit ton of um, entertaining plays on the backfield. But I mean, not many teams have two very reliable halfbacks right now. I mean. Only the Browns with uh, 
Kareem yeah. and um, Nick Chubb. Kareem I don't and see Chubb. It. Yeah, I don't see him. And many more teams that can have that uh, too uh, reliable. Oh, you had the, the Cardinals last year, but they were Johnson. Just mm-hmm. Yeah, period. there's a few teams. There's a few, you know, kind of lesser known backs in the league that are really solid second stringers. I know Chase Edmonds, the guy in Arizona, he's a really solid backup for Kenyon Drake there. And then I think another thing too about the backup running back position is is sometimes uh, so let's talk about the Raiders for instance. They have Josh Jacobs as the bell cow who's going to get, you know, most all the touches, you know, when the quarterback drops back and hands the ball off, but then they have a polar opposite in their second stringer and Jalen Richard, who's just a real quick, you know, fast, agile guy. And he's best served in catching the ball out of the backfield, right? He's not gonna he's not gonna take more than two, three, four handoffs a game. So but I think Kareem and Nick Chubb are kind of like the real duo in the NFL where you can actually put those halfbacks together on the field mm-hmm. at the same time and run plays. I mean, two years ago, you had some funny plays too from the Raiders when Marshawn was there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Marshawn was old, but he can still do those uh, beast mode plays. So I remember the Raiders playing and, like, giving him a couple of snaps where you just have to win, like, three yards. And Marshawn is out there carrying half of the linebackers on his back, <laughs> literally, <laughs> and taking, like, those two, three extra yards. So, yeah, I mean, definitely. If you have if you have two um, decent halfbacks, then you can make a lot of a lot of fun plays, you know, especially if they can catch the ball. You can make him run routes. And, you know, um, people underestimate how hard it is to read a running back route because they're coming off the O-line. So, I mean, when you're watching the receivers or the tight ends, they come out of the line of scrimmage or near the line. So you can tell, like, where where they start running, where they first cut the, while the running back. You know, if they run a wheel, you can barely see him running on the backfield of the wheel. And as soon as you notice him, he's already running and cutting through outside of the numbers and you know that's really hard to to guard because you're not watching him the whole time so you have players like uh like alvin Kamara, uh shaken barkley christian mccaffrey for example he they use and abuse this you know hide a little bit behind the whole line pretending you're blocking and all of a sudden when people notice you're out there in the backfield you're 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 deep or you're in the midfield and just ready and open to get the ball yeah it's it's the it's a terrible matchup for a defense when you got a a quick, versatile running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield and you have a matched up against a linebacker that's slow-footed, you know? That's a mm-hmm. matchup that every team wants to, you know, pass the ball to every Sunday. Oh, yeah. It's been used oh. a lot. I mean, the, the, the passing game on running backs is just growing. Mm. Yeah, it looked like Mahomes had that in the end zone there. It was a little bit of a low throw. Robinson couldn't pick it up, but... I'm surprised if you told me, I know it's just the start of the second quarter, but if you told me that the Chiefs wouldn't have at least, you know, a field goal at this point in the game. Oh, wow. Look at the hands of the receiver. Look at the hands of the receiver. It looked like he was kind of stumbling to the ground, but. He's doing the gator, though. I mean, when you're falling into the ground, you got to keep your hands like this. You don't try to, you know, do the gator on the ball. That's not going to work. Yeah, you got to pull that one down. That's two two drop zone end zone for Robinson. There it is. Kelsey just, you know, making it happen. What do we got? Yep, to the old faithful, reliable target, the good old T.E. You know, people say that a lot when you have a tight end that can run and catch the ball like that. It's just bigger than everybody. It's just putting the ball in the top shelf, and that's it. That's money. Exactly. And, and it's just look at this. Guy comes out of the line. He's not even that running that fast, but, you know, he's just there. Mm-hmm. He's just reliable. 
for a guy like Kelsey and guys like, you know, Zach Ertz and Darren Waller, even to an extent, it's, there's so many, um, attributes that are similar to basketball that are also apply to being a tight end in the NFL. You talk about posting up, you talk about clearing space, you talk about going up to the top shelf and grabbing balls where, you know, defensive guys at the cornerback position, you know, a lot of these guys were. A lot of these guys were basketball players. Yeah. Um, uh, power, uh, power forwards, especially. You know, um, look at uh, look at Gonzalez. Um, right, basketball you know, cow, basketball player. I think Kelsey, uh, Zacherts or Kelsey, they both played uh, too in high school, I believe. Antonio well, you know, like, Gates, Antonio, Antonio Gates, Gates basketball in college. Antonio mm-hmm. Gates too. You see, a lot of these guys come from the power forward position because, like you said. It's basically the same. If you know how to box out and catch those rebounds on while people are, you know, touching you and making pressure, it's the same thing as right. catching a ball on pressure because you're the tallest guy out there. You just need to know how to deal with the contact. And that's it. That's yeah. pretty much the same thing. It's about thing making space, man. You know, I never oh, yeah. really played football, but guys that can use their body at the tight end position to, you know, box out and make space mm-hmm. and create throwing windows, I think you don't have to be the fastest guy on the field to do those things. So coaches, when you're playing tight end, and this is something that I've learned throughout different coaches, um, you, you're you're usually like practicing with the receivers, right? So you have uh, when people are calling, you know, the the skills, you go practice with the receivers, and you usually do like you know one on ones with the defense. And um, coaches, uh, when you're a tight end, coaches do not treat you like receivers. So you know, as a receiver, coaches try to tell you, you know, try to be elusive, just get open as soon as you can. You know, if the defensive player is on the front of you, you just want to slap his hands and and get free. When you're a tight end, it's the different game. They say, go for the contact. Like you're bigger, so you know, if you have a linebacker in front of you making pressure, you're still going to use your hands. But if you're running like, let's say, a five yard out, ten yard out. Instead of trying to get away from the receiver, uh, from the defensive player, as soon as you get out of the line, you take the contact until you make the cut. So you're going to be bumping on that linebacker 10 yards. And when you reach the cut, you just use your shoulder. Like you said, basketball, same fundamental things. Use your shoulder, use your hands, and you get the separation because you're stronger. You know, you can take that contact without falling, without losing your speed. And the only one getting, uh, you know, hurt, hurt, or losing um, in this battle is the linebacker because he's going to be weaker, you know, and he's the one he has to look at the ball. He has to look at you as soon as he knows you're giving that contact, that little bump and running out and you'll be open. So, you know, it's it's right. kind of you get used to the contact um, with, with the coaches will always tell you that you, you play as a receiver, but you just, you know, you're going to go for that. contact. You're going to go head to head with that. You, you want to scare them. You know, if you have if I see a little corner trying to guard me i'm not i'm not going to run away from him because he's probably faster than me i might as well you know just run into him and see what happens well especially within that five yards too because you have full authority to use your hands and create space as you like but no i completely agree and i think kind of hitting off what you were saying whether it's tight end or wide receiver there's so many nuances in terms of how to create space, how to get open, how to use your hands when you're, you know, (laughs) jostling with the quarterback down the field. And yeah, no. And that's why you see, you know, it's no joke or, or just, you know, some random thing that guys like Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and, you know, Tyreek Hill are the best at their craft. Like you, you watch what they do at the line of scrimmage, you know, halfway through their route, what they do at their breaks and how they close on the ball. Yeah. 
makes complete sense. Why and that's, in the game. That's, that's something that people kind of forget with wide receivers. People like tend to undervalue some of the skills that a wide receiver has. People only think about, you know, if you're an average NFL fan or you're just like, you know, not the hardcore fan of football, you look at a receiver and you're like, okay, he's fast and tall. That's it. That's all I need. But no, like, uh, like we spoke about, Kenny Steele is not the fastest guy, but he's still reliable, got nice hands. Keenan Allen, one of the guys that does like the most perfect routes, and people like undervalue that a lot. You know, the guy has that the handwork. You know, you see like uh, linebackers or corners, you know, trying to you know bump on him and use their arms to keep him away. And dude, like as soon as you see, he's just like he grabs your wrists, other hand just puts them aside, and he's running his route perfectly. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that hand. You, you, if you're if you're a hardcore football fan, you like this kind of stuff. You know, going into detail, you gotta pay attention to what the receiver does, not only with his feet, but with the hands and the body and movement. You know, the way that you cut, the way that you're gonna try to get him away without being a pi. You know, there's there's so many tiny things that make right. um, the receiver perfect. Guys like Chad Johnson would never be big in the league if he wasn't for this. Because <laughs> Chad Johnson is, it's true, it's true. He had that feet work, but coming into the league, nobody cared about him. But somehow he got always open. I know, I know right. he's fast, but if you see Chad Johnson cutting and his feet work and his arm work, it's scary because dude has these big ass arms. You know, he just keeps defenders away while he cuts. It's, it's just insane yeah. to see. Chad's log and agile for sure. Oh yes. <laughs> Watson going down again. So seven seven. Still the beginning of the second quarter, really. I don't know. This he- game is. It hasn't been bad, but it's kind of started a little interestingly. It's not how I predicted that it would have gone. I mean, definitely didn't know David Johnson was going to go off like that on their first touchdown. Yeah, there you see Chris Jones. 100% Watson, Watson being elusive. There you go. That, that's, that's what you get. Dodging a tackle. Uh, <laughs> still going on the sideline next to Mahomes. But, you They're know, getting that extra yardage. Oh. It's a fourth down. Even just getting that five yards is impressive. Though. Oh, yeah. How he scampers uh, and moves and he gets right there. Oh, yeah. Going next to Mahomes, just saying a little hello. But, yeah, like avoiding the sack, avoiding a tackle on the middle mid run, you know, that's – not every quarterback can do that. You know? No. Most can't, man. Most, Most really can't. Can. Most would be I'd say there's only – really? I mean, wait, let's think about it. Mahomes can move a little bit. He can get out of the pocket, but he's not a guy that's going to get out and just really run an open field. Oh, I'd no. say Deshaun can do it. Obviously, Lamar can do it. Kyler can do it. We'll see what happens with Cam if he's healthy enough, but Cam's been able to run in the past. Uh, yeah, I'd say there's about five or six guys in the league that can really move like Deshaun can. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't close gaps and you give him that space – you know, Deshaun has the speed and ability to bust off a 50-yard touchdown run. Yeah, maybe that, it happens once every two seasons or something, but he could do it. And it's the perfect definition of an improviser in today's NFL. You know, it's, it's the Michael Vick effect, you know, on these players. Right. Uh, you don't have uh, no one to throw the ball to, just run with it. And most important, you know, don't be afraid to get hit or going to the sideline because Deshaun just found a way to get to the sideline instead of sliding. So as you see too many QBs these days, you know, getting those three yards and then sliding right away, scared of the hit. And these guys, they they go for the extra yards. You know, they go for that two, three, four extra yards, you know, and try to get to the sideline or get hit. Not afraid to get hit. That might have repercussions, obviously. I'm talking about injuries. But at the same time, you know. It's the fine line, right? Knowing when to take the risk, when you need to change the momentum and you really need to stay on the field and you – need that first down 
or you need to get in that end zone on that play. And then it's knowing when, you know, I, I can't, I probably shouldn't be taking this hit right now. I need oh, yeah. to lay up and just, you know, live to see another day, punt the ball and be back on downs, you know, soon enough. But I think some guys are so competitive where it's, they can't really turn that switch off. It's like, if I Michael see the Vick. first down line and there's a chance I can get there, like, and I'm like doing everything I can. To try. And I think Deshaun's a guy like that at the quarterback position. Oh yeah. It's funny that I'm using a, a Michael Vick jersey while talking about that on the Eagles, because you know, it's the Michael Vick effect. I like <laughs> to talk it, dude never knew when to stop. You know, you could see him running the whole game. <laughs> That's why he ended up getting so many injuries by uh, on his late career. But especially when he came back to Philly, you know, and people were, like, kind of sleeping on him because he just went off jail. And dude was still elusive as hell. He still could run the ball. Uh, those golden days with um, Deshaun Jackson on the same team, oof. That was, um, oh, yeah. that was a scary Swinging duo. <laughs> that was a For scary, sure. scary and duo. I, I think that you had a great point just talking about improvising at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're always going to have guys that come through in the draft, like Joe Burrow, guys, not so much Justin Herbert, because Justin Herbert can actually run a little bit. And I know Herbert, rather not Herbert, but Burrow did run a little bit at LSU as well. But I think the league is now kind of changing to a quarterback style where improvising is a big thing, where it's like your first, second, and third reads aren't open, like you're in the pocket can can you you know maneuver to the left a little bit scramble to the side and you know open up a window where you can make a pass again and you know 20 30 years ago uh-huh. that wasn't how the game was played oh, no. it was you know stand in the pocket if your pass is there the wide receiver is open make it but if not you know either throw the ball away or take the sack just don't do anything too risky where you're going to sacrifice the ball for your team and think about this trend. Like, it's something way before the Sean Watson, like uh, Johnny Manziel. It was supposed to be, Johnny Football was supposed to be the prototype of an improviser QB because that's mm-hmm. what he did in college, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, out of nowhere, he would just run or throw a ball that nobody expected, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. But, like, that's what the NFL is looking at these days guys like Johnny Football, like what he did in college, you know, guys that even when the pocket collapses, when everything is going wrong, every, every receiver is covered, whatever, you can still make a play. You know, you can still make it, but, but that's what defines a nice quarterback, you know. Um, 30, 30 years ago, like you said, 20, 30 years ago, what defined a different quarterback was the the ability to call plays by themselves. And I'm talking about Peyton Manning, you know, guys that cannot run, but they can still, like, improvise in a different way, which is mm-hmm. you call your plays on the line of scrimmage. That's improvising too, but it's a different kind of improvising. These days, what you want as a, a quarterback is to improvise after the snap. You know, because mm-hmm. things might go wrong. You you might need to, you know, be cold and find that hole to run, find that receiver that just got open like three seconds late. You know, Johnny in football. I'll say I'll just say I'll just wrap it up with that. You know, if you mm-hmm. if you look at his college tape, that's what he did. That's right. why it was so amusing to watch uh, yeah. in college. You know, it, it was crazy. You think the play is that and all of a sudden dude makes something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Mahomes so. actually almost just taught the INT here a second ago. I think he thought Tyreek Hill was going to break off his route and do something different. Oh, yeah. I want to see Hilaire chugging some some yards this game. I want yeah. deep points for me. Let me see. Yeah, I didn't have anybody fast. going up in this game, and my matchup didn't either. Oh, here we go. Hilaire for a solid run of nine there. 
Yeah, I'm excited to watch him play. Like I said, I think he's a great fit for what the Chiefs like to do on offense. Oh, yeah. And I won't be surprised if he's like, you know, not everything really matters in terms of, you know, only fantasy owners care about fantasy stats <laughs> for a player. But just speaking in strictly fantasy terms, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the top six, you know, fantasy earning running backs in the league. Hey, he keeps chugging these yards. So, you know, I want him to go off. Hey, I think about my fantasy team right here. And if David Johnson has a nice season, I got him, Another Jacobs, nine. and Hilaire as my running back. So, you know. <laughs> well, imagine if you get a trio of all of them, you know. Oh, yes. Nice football. Oh, yes. I mean, the one yeah. that was scaring me the most was David Johnson, you know, because of the injuries. I was like, man, if this mm. guy doesn't pin out, I'll have to find another solution. Having DK Metcalf pointing at, at the flex, because yeah. that's uh, what I have him. But... Got to be creative with your flex options at that point. <laughs> yeah, right now, it's looking really good. And Haller is just getting snap after snap. You see, if Mahomes, mm-hmm. Mahomes is using him like they used to use Kareem Hunt. You know, before all the controversy yeah. and he getting kicked out of the Kansas City. And they've been lacking uh, running back, uh, solid running backs ever since. And this kid is looking better than Kareem Hunt, you know, because Kareem is not that uh, reliable anymore. He's still good running back, but, you know, with all the controversy and off, off-field issues, you yeah. don't want another Antonio Brown story. It's, yeah. His <laughs> career path has forever been changed by what happened in that, you know, that hotel hallway there. Speaking of which, um, before... Uh, we wrap up. What do you think about Antonio Brown still coming back to the league? Do you think it's a possibility? Um, I don't know. I mean, we saw that he got, no matter what, if a team does sign him, he's suspended for the first eight games of the season. If he can find a way to, you know, keep his name out of the news and, you know, stories of him kind of doing dumb, immature shit doesn't, like, kind of resurface over the next few months, I definitely see a situation in where, a team is just either depleted and injured at the wide receiver position, or they just didn't have the talent going into the season. And they think that Antonio Brown could be that one piece that kind of pushes them over the edge into either, you know, making a long playoff run or even getting to a Super Bowl. So I think that, yeah, he really could get signed, but I think it all does come down to him at the end. If he can, you know, Kind of just, you know, be about his business and not stir up trouble, really. I mean, uh, when you suspend a guy like him for eight games, you expect him to come back on playoffs. It's like Marshawn Lynch last year. You know, he was a free agent. The Seahawks needed more and more running back for the playoffs. They get Lynch. It's exactly Mm -hmm. what's going to happen to Antonio Brown. You're going to see some teams that are playoff bound that might be lacking. The Texans, for example. If they go playoffs and they'd be like, man, we still need, you know, that star receiver potential. Antonio Brown is on the market. You're going to grab him. You're going to take him to the playoffs, and you're going to try to do something. Because uh, people say whatever they want about AB, man. But, wow, bro. Like, you know, you can even put him on special teams only. He scored touchdowns doing doing field goal returns, yeah, you know. Yeah, returns. Yeah, he did. Oh, my did God. Like, quite a bit he, of that in Pittsburgh in the beginning of his career. He's scary. He's scary. Whatever you say, people can talk all the trash they want to AB, especially Raiders fans. You know, I, I hate to see it. <laughs> What happens to him, but dude is still a great receiver and, and he's showing that he's still putting work, he's still fast. You know, if you follow him on social media, dude is showing off. Yeah. Every day, man. He's working hard. He's definitely you know, he has the work ethic. Dude is crazy. He has a lot of issues in his head, but work ethic is something that he doesn't lack. And it's yeah, not, it's it's for no reason that the only game he played last year for the Pats, he scored a touchdown. You know, that's mm-hmm. 
that's what defines a nice, a nice, a nice right wide receiver. You don't need to play um, many games to prove yourself. He was out there. He had first game with the Pats. He proved himself. That's it. A touchdown. Doing right. what he usually does. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, everything you're saying is true. I don't think the physical stuff isn't what's going to stop AB from being on the field. The only thing that's going to stop AB from being on the field is AB. Okay. So yeah, exactly. So if he can get, you know, the right team around him, right, like, you know, a group of guys that kind of are in his ear saying, hey, man, keep stacking good days. Like, you're going to get signed here. Just keep up. Trust the process, as corny as that sounds. It's pretty much where it's at. But you're right. The talent is so supreme that some team is just going to be too tantalized by it, and they're not going to they're not going to be able to hold off from, you know, bringing him in and, you know, oh, trying man. to see what could be with that offense in, in, oh, man. in his addition to it. If Michael Vick had a chance after coming out of prison, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Anybody can get a chance. Randy Moss had a terrible year with the Raiders too. Although he played, he didn't bail out, but he played, and he still revived his career with the Patriots. So, mm-hmm. so many examples I could be giving here, man. Um, Absolutely. That guy from the Niners, what is his name? Terrell Owens. My God, man, mm-hmm. so controversial too, and piled out for every team he played for. Uh, well, what about Alden Smith that used to play for the Niners? Oh, yeah. The defensive end. He just got re-signed by a team, and he, I think it was even the Cowboys, actually, but he he has so many offenses, criminal offenses against him <laughs> in his career. And, you know, obviously, I think A-B's stuff is kind of just more amplified because he was such an amazing player. And, like, now, just with social media, how it is these days, um, yeah. AB is just such like a buzzword. Anything that he does is going to be all over ESPN, Bleacher Report. Like it's all going to be there. So I think that's one thing that he has going against him. Uh, But yeah. Uh, Oh, anything, any last things you want to talk about? I was thinking about Le'Veon Bell too, but I I wanted to save that for the first Jets game, but I got a Mm -hmm. lot to say on Le'Veon Bell. Might leave that for another episode, but I'm just doing, you know, I've been watching some Le- Le'Veon Bell tape uh, as a Steeler. Feeling hyped? You seeing a comeback? Comeback? In yeah. For um, I'll just I'll keep this short because, like I said, I want I want to yeah, extend my conversation on Le'Veon Bell, but I see a comeback on him, uh, especially because well, the Jets are not focusing that much on him, but the Jets already had to improve their O line because of their quarterback. Because last yeah. year he got hurt. So with an improved O line and people people sleeping on Le'Veon Bell, which is something I find ridiculous and crazy like you kind of forget that Livian Bell is still not that old he's not that injury prone and he runs and he has vision and he's elusive too so I don't know why people are sleeping on him so if you have uh, an improved O-line and you set this dog free he's gonna he's gonna feed himself I, yeah. I seriously don't understand why people are underrating him right now when I'm like he's still he can still be a top running back in the league I think a lot of it comes down to how well Sam Darnold can play too. If Sam can prove to be able to throw the ball down the field and really make the throws, then teams aren't going to be able to stack the box defensively against Le'Veon. You know, I mean, last year, shit really just hit the fan for the Jets entirely. Le'Veon struggled. The whole entire offense struggled. The whole team fucking struggled. But I think that it's going to be a combination, man. It's going to be Sam, the wide receivers, the tight ends. And if they're able to do work, it'll just make Le'Veon's job that much easier. And that's another touchdown for the Chiefs. Yeah, we're still here in the second quarter. It looks like the Chiefs are about to come in and get a touchdown. I can see on Tiago's screen it's already happened. Yeah. But <laughs> not here for me yet. Patty Mahomes, Sammy Watkins. Ooh, they'll be curious, though. 
they might review that one. It was close. No, but... I think he was. He died. He dove. He didn't touch his knee. His knees didn't touch the ground. Just look at the replay. Um, or... I think he died. 14-7 Chiefs, though, man. This is how I saw it going. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs win this game by 21 points. Oh, yeah. As good as Deshaun Watson is and oh. as good as, you know, a few oh, players not. for the... It's not a touchdown. Should... I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's going to be close. It's hard to tell, really. But it might be short and goal. Might be on the inch yard line, in the inch line, two inch line. But, oh, oh, he's short. For sure short. 100% short. All right. He's well, touch the ground. We got a decent game so far here. It looks like it could potentially be a route by the Chiefs, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so we just wanted to try something new today, usually with the shows that we have. Obviously, it's a trio of me, Kyle, and Tiago. Kyle's off today. And we're kind of just sitting back, and we have topics, and we chop it up. But today, we wanted to, you know, put a new spin on it, watch a game, keep it more casual, and kind of, you know, just have some chit-chat. Um, but I enjoyed it, man. I'd do this again. What do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Uh, we can do this for the NBA, too. You know, the my Heat are coming in strong for this mm. conference finals. I'd be happy to do this on the <laughs> one Facts. quarter or two on their game. So. We can we can get a quarter in, and we can also, during a finals game, we can get one in. Oh, Hopefully, yeah. for your sake, the Heat will be participating, but we get something in, too. Get the Hopefully, whole gang on it. By the time the NBA Finals kick in, uh, I'm not even going to talk the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is on next year. But by the time the NBA Finals kick in, we might be able to do this all together. You know, like mm-hmm. all meeting up and doing this in person. So, you know, it might Facts. be a little more entertaining for who's watching. Let's see. Absolutely. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Well, thanks for coming along with this on this new <laughs> ride of live broadcasting during the first NFL game. That's it for us today, and we'll be back next Thursday.